Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week we explore the different avenues of the great Disney universe. This week, we're going to attempt to do a different spin on, I guess you can call it like favorite songs, but uh, the idea behind this is our favorite musical scenes or scores from a Disney either animated or live action film and not so much that it's just a favorite but kind of more like why it's your favorite I guess and and what emotions it it sparks like why why do you enjoy it so much is it a scene you can when you're watching the movie you stop and rewind it and want to watch it again or if you just get up and dance along with it or anything of that nature if it's just one of those things that that just get gives you that extra oomph, I guess, or <laughs> extra hitch in your giddy up. I don't know. I can't think of any more uh, <laughs> horrible metaphors. <laughs> You're doing just fine. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, you, keep you going. Yeah. The floor, RJ, with it. <laughs> so maybe I'm still a little uh, rum soaked from my time in Key West, but. <laughs> It's, it's it sounded like a good idea in my head, but so anyway, we're gonna roll with it. <laughs> so you're either welcome or you're sorry, or we're sorry for what you're, is about to unfold. You're welcome. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Hopefully, that's on nobody's list. <laughs> it is now. It is. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just added it. Well, good. So. Since you added it, why don't you go first then? <laughs> okay, and I will tell you why I added your welcome because if we're going to put it into a memory category, then that one actually fits. Okay, first off, I'm going to get probably hate mail for this. That's okay. Melanie at dclprepschool.com. But <laughs> <laughs> I actually. Okay, he, he's not Josh Groban, but I do not mind The Rock's singing voice. <laughs> and, and Mo, he's fun. He's just this jovial. You're not supposed to take him seriously. It's The Rock playing a lead in a Disney movie. How much more not seriously can we take this? True. So now, now to the memory aspect of it, when we were on our cruise last month, the, the Disney Music TV channel had just this section of the movie, just the, you know, the, the song itself playing in heavy rotation. So almost every time you turned on that music television channel on your stateroom TV, this song was on. And it just kind of became the running joke of our cruise that you're welcome. And <laughs> I kid you not, every time anyone in this house has done anything for anyone over the last month, it, that song just comes out of our, <laughs> straight out of us. And it's become the family theme of this summer. So I'm going to go with you're welcome. <laughs> hey, it, it's a good memory. It's it's a fun song. Is it going to win an Oscar? Goodness, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, right. But I like it. Well, but I like it. And that's all that matters. Absolutely. That's all that matters. All right. Cool. Uh, Adrian, what do you got? Are we just round robbing this? Like, I, yeah, I th- it was just gonna kind of round right, robin. So one, it, like yeah. one at a time. Because okay. I'm sure she has it in an orderly list. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> she does. She does. 
busted. <laughs> it's okay. Somebody has to keep us organized. That's right. Because, you know. Because if I showed you my piece of paper. <laughs> oh, I can okay, well, screenshot. I know, right? Um, it's awful. <laughs> I, I couldn't. Ugh, I had a really hard time with this topic. I'm not going to lie. Because I like a lot of things for a lot of different reasons. So I decided to be sentimental first about Robin Hood because it's my thing. It is. It's my thing. But I couldn't just pick one musical scene. I couldn't. I chose Oodalolly because it's the classic introduction of all the characters and it's fabulous. And the Phony King of England. <laughs> because Those are both on my list. I'm oh, not I kidding. Okay. Um <laughs> But I'll tell you why I picked the Phony King of England, because, you know, we're talking about reasons why we love it. And I, I went into depth in my Robin Hood love in the mini-sode that I did. But so much of that animation was reused from other classic films that I love how it still all comes together and creates this earworm piece that you can't get out of your head and you whistle forever, as evidenced by Sir Hiss. In the movie, which gets them pumped over the head. Yeah, so that's, that's where I'm going to start with those two, because I love them. Nice. And I could go with the whole musical fight there at the end, where Robin gets captured and gets free, and I love that. I mean, it's all set to music, so it I counts, was, right? I was just going to say that. <laughs> that that whole scene after the archery tournament when it's like yeah. they're chasing each other with all the tents with the hippos and lady clock yes. that ridiculous <laughs> 70s music and then it turns into like the the rah-rah like football type thing because yeah that that whole scene is is number one it is 70s to a t but that music oh it's awesome the the, mm-hmm. the score behind what's going on is absolutely perfect absolutely yeah perfect. absolutely perfect i do and, and on probably one of my favorite scenes in that movie is that whole sequence <laughs> and on the sequence with phony king of england they've got the puppet show yes yes i love that <laughs> puppet show when the puppet prince john starts sucking his thumb yeah. oh yep. i love it mommy <laughs> and i love they even reuse animation from itself in that scene because i can't remember her name but the oldest rabbit daughter at the end, I think she like kind of sighs and falls down against the tree, and it's the exact mm-hmm. same thing that she had done at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, well, so when they right. right when they hit the thing into the when he shoots the arrow <laughs> yeah. into the yeah. Nope, you're exactly right. That repeat animation was a lot for that time period. For all a lot of those movies, they would if you watched them closely, you noticed repeated motions of the characters. And so. that that one gets a lot of. We're not talking about movies this episode, obviously, but that movie, I think it's pointed out a lot as to that, but it was used, I mean, up until Beauty and the Beast, it reused some of Sleeping Beauty's animation. Yes. So, you know, it can be said for a lot of films, not just that one. Yeah, I think I think uh, Robin Hood gets most of the criticism on it, probably because it was one of the first ones, and because of all the turmoils it went through before it actually yeah. was... Similar to, I think Jungle Book had similar issues as well, uh, just with production and and directors and bouncing around between people before it actually got finished. So they always those it seems they get the short end. And for you know, I guess it's warranted, but I you know I don't you know we like them because we like them, and Adrian has exactly. an, has an undying love for it. For and I had to stay true to myself for the first one. So. Absolutely. 
<laughs> All right. So, Milford, got anything? Wow, that was a short list. <laughs> hey, no, we got more. Don't worry. They're coming. Oh. Oh, are we only doing one at a time? Just pick one at a time. We can do one okay. at a time if you want to do two at a time. Yeah, okay. there's no, no that's all right. there's no rules I'll here. I'll do one and we'll come back <laughs> around. So, something you guys probably don't like, don't don't necessarily know about me is I'm very eclectic and I like all kinds of music. And just the one movie in the last maybe 20 years that came out that was Tron Legacy. And the fact that they had a group called Daft Punk do most of the music for it. I like that kind of music. I like EDM dance music. I like, I listen to country. I listen to Christian. I listen to a lot of different things. But having those guys in the movie, or having those guys do the music in the movie, and then the scene where they go to the bar, where Sam Flynn goes to the bar to to, uh, meet Zeus, who is going to help him get back to reality. And he meets a guy by the name of Castor. But he makes this trek up the stairway in the bar. And the two guys from Daft Punk are there in their costumes in the bar playing music in the bar. So it's just kind of cool because I like that kind of music. So take it for what it's worth. (laughs) Yeah, I have not seen that movie, so I can't uh, say anything about it. But I I do know who Daft Punk is and that style of music. So I, I gotta imagine it probably fit the theme of that music, uh, that movie yes, very well. Very well. Yeah. I gotta imagine. So yeah, I, I should probably go and watch that. I haven't seen the original Tron probably since I was a kid either. So I'm not very familiar with either one of them. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. So I'm going to, I guess, take Adrian's lead and go with probably something that's very obvious. Uh, and that being one of the one of the scores. Sorry, I just have an idea what's coming <laughs> from from one of the pirates movies. So, while I know the first pirates movie is always seems to be the strongest one in everybody's opinion, I think the score for the first one was the weaker of the four movies that are out now. Probably my, one of my favorite sequences and the music that plays behind it because it incorporates many different songs from and many different scores from the previous three movies is in the third movie at World's End uh, the last giant sequence when the Flying Dutchman and the Black Pearl are hooked together in the maelstrom uh, by their two tallest masts and they're going around and there's the crazy fighting going on and Will and Elizabeth are trying to get married and Barbosa's trying to marry and you got the the score for that scene it's a, it's about a 10 minute scene and the score like on the on the soundtrack is is the full 10 minutes and like 23 seconds or something crazy like that and if you listen to it uh, I'm a big score junkie I like scores from many different movies not only Disney ones and Hans Zimmer's who did the first three pirate movies uh, I'm sorry the first four pirate movies the fifth one uh fellow by the name of George Zanelli did uh, you can definitely hear similarities between other scores of Hans Zimmer's on for other movies like uh, I'll just give a for instance before I go off on a way tangent but the score for The Lone Ranger which is a movie that got no love and I don't know why because I thought I thought the movie was great I think people just thought it was going to be something else and tried to take it too seriously and did, you shouldn't <laughs> um but if you listen to the soundtrack of that, you can hear hints of the songs that 
he composed for the Pirates movies, for the whole franchise. So, like, it, there's just a lot going on. And for, and for me, I just, I can, I, I pick up on all the, the different things, like this, the scene when Jack's trying to get out of jail, they go and, it, and there's like an underlying theme of, of like the Jack Sparrow theme song. And then when they cut to the part when, when it starts raining and, and they, Gibbs yells out Maelstrom and then they cut to Davy Jones and he's looking up and the rain's coming down and he says Calypso and they play clips from the organ music song from the second film so there's a lot of stuff that all comes together and many people probably don't pay attention to the score of movies and maybe some people do I, I probably over obsess about it <laughs> as, I'm, <laughs> as I'm going on about this but that's the first one that came to my mind uh, when this topic came about for for this episode so yeah, I just it's it just gets me many emotions. I, mean, I I love those movies so much, and I get so into them, even though I've seen them so many times, and I know what's going to happen. I just they just suck me in every time. And listening to the music and and enjoying listening to the soundtracks as much as I do, it's just I don't know. It just it brings up everything, all the feels, I guess, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> I um I think we've talked about this on here before, but. The opening song of the third Pirates movie. Yes. Is, I can remember, I mean, we're talking about things that bring out emotions, right? Like, yep. I remember sitting in the theater watching that and being so impacted by that song going along with the scene that was occurring at the time. I love that. Because that one, again, it's got a very, I mean, I could, because I'm insane. So morose and just. Well, the name of the song is called Singapore because they're at, they're at the port. Yeah. And then. Because it's the whole thing, it's it's the scene when they're trying to talk to Sao Feng and trick him to get the map, and then it all goes south, and then it turns into a battle scene, and then again it brings in hints from like that Jack Sparrow theme of when the monkey's rotating the the thing and shoots off all the fireworks. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I, I know exactly what you mean, Adrian. It sets yeah. the tone for that whole for the whole opening movie. sequence and most yeah. of the movie. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So. Cool, cool. All right, so back around to you, then, Mel. I'm gonna have to go to a classic and say the walrus and the carp. I cannot say walrus. Walrus <laughs> and the carpenter. Yes, from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, good so one. Creepy. So good creepy. one. Totally freaked me out as a kid. I mean, the emotions as, you know, you're an innocent kid watching a Disney movie and then this scene comes on <laughs> right? and you're like... Watching, watching an acid trip unfold as delicately as it exactly. can. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's smoking and murder and... Oh, man. And legend. It's, in a, it's an awful, awful story and I absolutely love it. It's, you know, the Tweedledee and Tweedledum are trying to hold up Alice and they tell her... They tell her the story of the walrus and the carpenter oh, and man. <laughs> and how the walrus just wants to eat the little oysters and the carpenter's just so happy and come on little oysters. <laughs> and of course Mama Oyster's trying to be pragmatic and you know, then her kids get eaten. You know, it's a happy story. Yeah, right? and, the, and the carpenter goes and the carpenter gets pissed off and tries to hammer the walrus <laughs> with his hammer. Yeah, it's 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 just a great I mean it's an acid trip of a movie. Let, oh, let's yeah. just put that one all out there. Lewis Carroll knew what he was doing. He, <laughs> or maybe he no, did. Or he did. <laughs> well, I don't know if he did. Well, it, 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 the animated version is a great interpretation of it. 
Yeah, and there are so many interpretations of Alice in Wonderland, right. and every interpretation takes liberties. But I, I think this particular one kind of stands out as a separate piece from the movie at large. Yes. So it well, what it's is just it, something that is, is it the scene that leads up to it? Uh, I think it's the scene that leads up to it. Right after she goes through the doorknob and the dodo, the caucus mm-hmm, race. The race. The caucus race. <laughs> that always cracks me up too. Oh yeah. <laughs> the dodo. The dodo. It's a dodo. <laughs> On the upside down uh, flamingo I do like umbrella the race scene, or something. The, race. the caucus race, yeah. <laughs> hmm No, I do like the race scene and the music with that as well. But and if we're gonna just stick with the Alice in Wonderland thing, obviously you cannot think of, you know, iconic Disney music scenes without thinking of unbirthday. <laughs> I mean, it just goes without saying, you know, you can hear the little pipe kettle things going off and and the mouse. The dormouse. Twinkle, twinkle, little bat. How I wonder where you're at. (laughs) Up above the world so high, like a teapot in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) You're welcome. You're welcome. And then they try to fix the white rabbit's pocket watch yeah. and oh they're just odd mustard <laughs> don't be ridiculous, <laughs> be ridiculous. mustard <laughs> i have to watch that movie again it's a great I movie. love that movie and i want to say it was the summer of 19 i'm gonna go out on a limb and say 1984 it may have been 85 but i think it was 1984 And don't ask how I remember this, but the (laughs) Disney Channel way back when would have a movie of the month and they would play Mm -hmm. it in heavy rotation. Yep. And that particular summer, one of the movies was Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. And that's where I loved Robin Hood. I must have watched that movie a hundred times that month. Followed by Alice in Wonderland was one of the movies of the month. And I watched it a bajillion times. And then The Sword in the Stone. Nice. So that was when... My Disney jeans kicked in. I always had them. I come by them mm. honestly. I grew up in Florida, but mm. that's when I claimed them for my own. Nice. <laughs> it's my confirmation of sorts into <laughs> my my Disneyhood. But yeah, so definitely that unbirthday scene and oh, it, it's just a great movie. Yep, yep. And and to and to go off on a. And not to go off, I'll just say quick. So, in the score department of that, the mm-hmm. towards the end, uh, when Alice finally gets to the Queen of Hearts castle and she's mm-hmm. meets the, those first cards, and they do painting the roses They're red. Painting the roses red. But we're painting the roses red. Not blue, not green, not aquamarine. We're painting the roses red. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after that, when the king and the queen start walking up, and it's they go into the march of the cards, which is used to be played uh-huh. in in the Fantasyland section of the Magic Kingdom. I like that whole that whole thing, the whole oh, march that's, of that's the cards. A great score. It's a great score uh-huh. and a great scene, and it's the visuals. It's a are, great visual. The visuals are crazy, especially towards the end, like when she's waking up from the dream, and the cards are all over the place, and everybody's chasing her, and it's a whole lunacy of craziness <laughs> another acid trip of colors yeah, pretty and... much yeah so anyway uh no cool all right uh so adrian okay next on my list is prince ali from aladdin yes that was on mine too 
I didn't want to go. I. I needed to go with something from Aladdin. And then there's the whole added extra layer of Robin Williams and his brilliance. Yes. But I didn't want to go with Friend Like Me because I no. feel like it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's fabulous. But I feel like Prince Ali showcases his unique brand of comedy even more so. <laughs> That's how I'm going to put it. Yep. <laughs> so. Absolutely. That was, yeah, I did write down Friend Like Me too, but... Um, Prince, I love that whole movie, um, the whole score. I, but I mean, the absolute ridiculousness of the camels mm-hmm. and the, Everything. you know, like Today Show anchors talking to each other. I know. Both of, I, it's, <laughs> I love the feathers, Joan. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. I love it. RJ, do you have a photographic memory when it comes to <laughs> Disney movies? I, I'm telling you, I. I don't listen to the radio. I had I have my iPod <laughs> in my truck all day long. Now that football now that football season is creeping upon us, I'll listen to some sports radio in the morning a little bit. But after that, it's it's Spotify or my iPod. Gotcha. <laughs> I do not listen to terrestrial radio. I haven't for Lord knows how long. Funny. Worked in too many gas stations. I am so sick and tired of classic rock. <laughs> and I can't stand pop. So there's that. Um, all right, cool. So I'm. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Prince Ali is probably. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite song from that soundtrack. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That scene is, is ridiculous and insane. And then in, the in the best way possible. In the best way possible, yeah. It is. It's just a visual buffet of crazy. It's Jafar yeah. and Iago keep trying to keep everything out and shut the door, and he keeps <laughs> Iago keeps flying into the wall or <laughs> with the magic carpet chasing him around the room, and <laughs> and then, and then oh, oblivious to it all. He's just up there. And then how it did, you know, the reveal. Jafar turns it onto Ali. You know, it's like oh, so absolutely, Ali, Prince Abu. Ali turns out to be merely Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A so you, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. I thought about that. All right, Milford. What else you got? All right, my next one. I have to go to the Lion King, and and both the animated and the musical. Uh, from Broadway or from the touring company. And uh, from the movie, Jeremy Irons' portrayal of Scar and the Be Prepared song is just, right. it's like, wow. Yep. <laughs> First off, that, you know, Jeremy Irons can sing. Um, and then just, just, I don't know, it just gets to me. And then we actually got to do a, the one group I was with in my hometown, Civic Players, used to do a standing room only show every year. And one of the songs they chose to do that year was Be Prepared as a part of that standing room only show. And I got to sing in the background, but. Uh, Were you but a hyena? Just, no. <laughs> it, we didn't dress up. It was just a. It, I think the one guy that actually played Scar wore a, like, lion's head on his head but that was about it so it was kind of like the, the <laughs> musical <laughs> so but that just that that show with that song is just 
It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. That's a powerful scene in that movie because yes, you know when it starts getting going and they're showing the the shadows of like the mass mass of hyenas that are kind of like his warriors and the way they're marching, it's very yeah, it's very Nazi esque in a way. Yeah. how he's like dictator mm-hmm. and they're you know overthrowing the brother you know his brother and his nephew to so he can take command and so on and so forth so yeah no i mean that whole movie is ridiculously powerful but that scene in general is like wow <laughs> you know yeah you know as a kid when you're watching you're like hey this is fun the hyenas are ri- ridiculous and then you know but as you get older and you understand the you know the parallels to between that movie and hamlet and and things of that nature and you're like whoa <laughs> it's pretty uh yeah. nuts so and like you said with the touring I've seen it uh, the, on Broadway as well and it's fantastic on Broadway but it's one of my favorite parts and I know Milford you've said this before and we've talked about this uh, pertaining to the parks in the Festival of the Lion King show at Animal Kingdom that's probably one of my favorite parts of that show because the guy who comes out and and I think he's been there for a long time oh yeah the fire tour the well, fire Besides, yeah, the fire twirler, but the guy who actually sings the song. I mean, he's got like, oh yeah, he's got like that thunderous voice, and you're just like, wow. He's just like, even him portraying it, you can just feel that he's commanding, you know, your respect or your your uh, loyalty. You know, it's just so it's it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, so I had Prince Ali as well on my list, so that's. That's good. So I'm gonna stick with with the with Aladdin, and one that's near and dear to me for sentimental reasons uh, is a whole new world, and that's because it's my wife and I's wedding song. But Aww. the but this Aww. but the scene behind it is is a great scene as well too, because it's kind of at the tipping point in the movie. Uh, he's you know he he came in, he did his whole show as. Prince Ali, she could have cared less because she thinks the three of them are, you know, setting up her to, this is the guy she wants her to marry, which they're trying to do anyway, but, you know, at that point, she'd had enough of it, so. So he flies up through the balcony and the whole thing, and, and when he puts his arm down and he says, do you trust me? She kind of, like a little light goes off in her head. She's like, wait a minute, this is familiar from you know, whatever the day before or whatever the hell it is in the timeline at the marketplace when she, you know, snuck out. So I think she almost figures out who he is and that's why she goes. And so it's just a really, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really special thing to me just for, for that reason, uh, being the wedding song that my wife and I chose to use for that. And, and just the meaningful part of the, uh, of the movie. So, that was next on my list. And then I'll, I'll throw one in there just because Milford mentioned The Lion King. Uh, I I Can't Wait to Be King is probably a, is another one that's just great. Just the whole scene, how it goes from bad to Visually, worse really quick. Amazing. Visually, it's insane. I mean, it just really is. I mean, you got you got little Simba who's already thinks he's the king, even though he's singing about it. And then you got, you know, Zazu trying to keep him in line and anything that can go wrong to Zazu's going where he's getting <laughs> sit on and smacked and everything by all the animals and the whole big pyramid they build and yeah no it's just it's yeah visually stunning without a doubt it's just it's just a fun fun scene it's just you know makes makes you smile no matter what it's just just watching it because it's just a lot of fun 
It is the best part of Mickey's Philhar magic. Yes. Yep. No, actually, well, the Ariel part of your world is my favorite because I like seeing Donald get zapped with the lightning, and I always reach out and <laughs> when they do it, I always reach out and like to my kids if they're sitting on the side of me and it makes them jump and it makes me laugh so it's, it's a win-win for everybody in the row on that one <laughs> it's 4d when you sit with me and, and make you feel our magic oh dear <laughs> oh boy okay oh, good night okay. so <laughs> back to you mel all right, well, most of you guys know I could wax poetic about my love of the Sherman Brothers for for years on end. So I know I won't surprise anybody by saying that my next selection is a Sherman Brothers song. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Mary Poppins, a movie that has so many great musical moments. I mean, it won the Oscar for Chim Chimney and Feed the Birds has got to be one of my favorite Disney songs of all times, but the song that I'm going to talk about for tonight is actually Jolly Holiday. Oh, nice. I adore Jolly Holiday. I adore the whole chalk picture scene. Yes. That, you know, when the kids go in and the animation comes out, much to P.L. Travers' dismay, I'm sure. <laughs> it's a fox <laughs> so, hunt. No, hello. No, hello. <laughs> but. So they're going in and this is a jolly holiday scene and they're, they're, you know, basically singing about Mary. But the reason this song, and he is going to kill me if anybody ever hears this, <laughs> is that my oldest son loved this movie, loved this movie. And for this particular song, he had the whole song and dance routine down, had choreography, knew when the horse kicked the bucket thing. Nice. And would like back up to the wall and he would like kick the wall mm -hmm. and he would be Bert in the scene. And for Bert's hat, he had this little plastic funnel in his play box. <laughs> <laughs> so he would grab the funnel and a wooden spoon. So like the for the cane, yep. he had a bit an oversized wooden spoon. <laughs> so he had the funnel on his head and the wooden spoon in his hand. And he would just sing this song and He's a very reserved teenager, very, you know, kind of introspective. So just remembering how he would sing that song with just unbridled joy. <laughs> and I got it. I did get it on video. I was, that was my next question. That and, of course I did. And that and did he uh, skimmy his pants down a little bit to be like the penguins? He did <laughs> to, not. No? Okay. No, but he did the spins. He did the spins? Cool. The wee! Yep, yep. Wee! Wee! Yeah, that part. <laughs> run and, yeah, run and absolutely. slide. So, oh, probably, because he had the whole choreography down. I mean, and the, he's 18 now, so he was doing this when he was two, right, three right, years right. old. Oh. <laughs> many, many moons ago, but it, it's one of my one of my favorite memories of my son. That's is awesome. Jolly Holiday. That's awesome. You should get him a kazoo and ask him if he can still do it so then he can do the part with the penguins. When they're scrambling all together trying to get everything. <laughs> but it was funny because in his little two-year-old, three-year-old voice, he'd always go, It's a jolly holiday with Mary. <laughs> just the way he said Mary when he was so little. It was so cute. Oh, my goodness. He's... 
I just hope he never hears this. Oh, this is, oh, <laughs> Mel, this is a perfect wedding day story. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I've got video. I do that have too. the video of that. You know, the rehearsal dinner, we, we, we've got ammunition oh, all absolutely. set up. But yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you talk about a song that just has a, a deep meaning for our family, it's always got to be Jolly Holiday. Awesome. That's great. All right, Adrian. Okay. This is my last one. And the story behind it is I'm slightly a musical theater geek. If I'm I know, like, I know right? <laughs> but I mean more than just Disney. Like anyway, I don't need to go into the full details of my dorkiness. But Newsies is one of my favorite musicals of all time. And we're talking like Christian Bale version um, <laughs> back in the day. I used, to, when I was, I don't know, 12, 13, maybe, I don't know how I discovered it or why or what, but me and a couple of my other musically inclined friends became completely obsessed with it. And we watched it over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> um, but uh, last year, year before i can't remember um my husband took me to go see the traveling broadway company when it came to town and we were like front and center awesome seats it was amazing and watching them do seize the day which is my favorite song from that soundtrack the choreography the musicality the athleticism needed for everything that happens throughout the whole musical is amazing but that specific song always stands out to me and i make my kids listen to it in the car um (laughs) (laughs) we watch scenes of it on youtube easily easily my favorite musical song ever of anything i love it yeah very nice I have not seen it. <gasps> I know I know of it, and I know the song you were referring to, because I've heard the music from it, but I have not seen the, the play or the movie. It's so good. And I've even, heard, I know. Yeah, I mean, even like I said, even the old, like, Christian Bale, it's so cheesy. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the music is so good, and I feel like the, the play, the musical, was took out some of the cheese... Okay. But left you know, the heart of right. it all and everything. And, and I just have a, a sentimental attachment to that. Nice. I mean, I, I remember when so it was... So Netflix it. It's all Netflix before Netflix removes all their stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should, yeah. I, I, I remember when it was still a play and it was in New York. It was, it was literally impossible to get tickets for because it, it was so popular. Yeah, I have they this always memory... Sold out. Of what this is so weird. I have this memory of um, like Tony's week on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Back in- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is how old, right? That that musical is. But wow, yeah. I can still remember them performing. What was the night on right? Rosie? Yeah, I'm looking to see what year that movie came out. That is really funny, <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell show. <laughs> That's how old it was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she loved her musical theater. It- she did. Yeah, well, hey. Right, well, Alan Menken did the music for it, so. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep, yep, and it yep. Had, um, 92. So same year as Aladdin. Oh, wow. 92. So yeah, it must have taken me a few years because I was only... How old was I? 92. Nine? I don't think I discovered it at nine. Nine? Oh, dear God. Jeez. Hey, I'm really going to enjoy my role as the youngest one here today. Jessica yes, since Jessica's not here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. She's a senior in high school. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, okay, so you're up, senior. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you already went. Did you go? I forgot. I did. I went Mary oh, Poppins. Oh, it's Milford's I've turn. I've got more, but you know. <laughs> I always have more. Oh, I've got a lot more, but <laughs> I don't have to go through. <laughs> it's Mr. Milford's turn. Well, this will probably be my last one unless I come up with something else. So I wasn't really prepared for tonight. That's fine. It was a rough day today. Um, you know, so... There's all these Pixar movies out there, and there's this guy by the name of Randy Newman. <laughs> yes, there is. I love all the all the songs he comes up with for all the movies. It's just it, they're so cool. I mean, you know the the Woody's Roundup to uh, You Got a Friend in Me, and then especially in Toy Story three, the the version of You Got a Friend in Me on the soundtrack is in Spanish. Because of Spanish buzz. That was so, done by the Gypsy Kings, yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it, it's it's kind of cool, and I'm actually trying to find some other information, but I can't find her at the moment. Um, he wrote a couple yeah, of... I know. He wrote the music... I this on the fly. <laughs> he wrote the music for Bugs Life, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually did it for eight different movies. Yeah. Yep. But he, but all it, even all the instrumentals are by Randy Newman. Yes, he did. So like the the instrumental that plays when when Andy's taking his toys over to Bonnie at the end of the of Toy Story three, uh, just the music that plays with that whole scene is just so powerful. And I mean, I cried during that part. Oh hell yeah, movie. me too. <laughs> you know, because it you know it reminded me of the days of growing up and giving away all my toys that you know I didn't. Well, I didn't care to play with anymore, but still. Right. You know, it, it's just, he writes some pretty cool music. So. Yep. Oh, between the, the incinerator scene and that one, forget it. I had, yeah. There was no hope. No. <laughs> I was, my kids were looking at me like. That yeah, was a double dip. <laughs> I was a mess in the theater in that movie. <laughs> and I will interject, too. If you like the Gypsy Kings version of. You've got a friend. They also did a version back in the early '90s of "I've Got No Strings." Yes, they did for the Mad About the Mouse yes. collection. They so certainly that, did. That's that was one of my favorites on that particular CD. Yep, they've been around a long time. The Gypsy Kings. They really have, and they've, they've been, been you know time. with Disney for off and on for quite they've a done, long time. Actually, that whole I bought. I mean, I had the soundtrack to Toy Story three, but because of that, I bought like a greatest hits album of the the Gypsy Kings, and I enjoy that style of music as well that mariachi flamenco type thing i do rock and roll kind of yeah well i mean because it's just fantastic i mean being a music i've been playing drums for a long time and i used to play piano so i, I enjoy music as a whole kind of like what milford said i run the gambit on genres that i enjoy listening to but just the musicianship that goes behind that style of guitar work is just insane and then just and if you can watch them play and have their fingers move you're like holy crap so it's just very beautiful form of music. So, 
Cool, cool. Alright, so I guess we're... It's my turn. Alright, so I will do... I, I have a couple more, but I will... I know I said Pirates was the first one I wrote down, but that... The very first one I thought of when this topic came about was Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. Because for me, after the classics, that's the movie that got it started for me again as far as the animated films. Uh, I was just getting into high school when Little Mermaid came out, and I just remember just loving that movie, just loving... And, and Ariel, to this day, is my is still the favorite princess uh, of mine. Uh, just from that movie, just her, her wanting to be free and, and, and follow her heart and just do what she wanted to do and, and kind of not thinking about all the repercussions, but yes as well and then you had you know this little crab who was supposed to kind of keep her in check uh you know for her father so but but that scene in that movie is just just the music the calypso style music and samuel wright's voice singing it and just all, all the fish uh playing all the different instruments and, and the whole thing he goes through with with the fish playing the different instruments and and, and the uh, lyrics behind it and I'm stumbling on my words because I can't think of <laughs> everything's <laughs> I can't get it out of my head fast enough uh, but anyway <laughs> so just that whole thing was just I really really loved that scene in that movie and when the live show came about when MGM first opened that I, I loved that show anyway the, the Voyage of the Little Mermaid but that, that scene was the probably the best scene in that show because the theater went dark everything was under black light you know they had all the fish were spinning all over the place and they're coming from every direction and they're singing and dancing and the whole craziness and so it's just a i don't know it's just another song that just gets you in a good mood doesn't matter what the hell's going on it's an upbeat song it's an it's a great message you know that I don't know. <laughs> just... No, you're right. It's great. It's the best part of, you were saying it's the best part of the stage show. Yeah. I would say it's the um, best part of the, I can never, is it Journey of the Little Mermaid that's in Magic Kingdom or is it? I was going to, well, they're both the they're same. They're so I similar. Think I think they have the Journey same name. Journey Voyage. It's, yeah. it's Ariel's Under under the Sea with, Journey Under the Sea with the Little Mermaid or Ariel's Undersea Adventure or something along that line. So yeah. Voyages in Hollywood. Yeah. But anyway, it's a, Best part of that one too. I was just gonna say the same thing, Adrian. That that when that and I know everybody's underwhelmed with that attraction, and I really don't understand oh. why. I, I just don't really? understand why. It's I, I don't know what people want anymore when Disney does stuff, but it's a simple <laughs> it's a simple classic dark ride. I just don't know what people want. That scene is ridiculous. There's a million and one things going on in there. Yeah, That's, that scene is the best scene. But this is completely off topic. But the problem with that attraction is that they weren't living up to Disney potential with the animatronics. The animatronics are kind of pitiful. Um, I, yeah, I guess. Her yeah. eyeballs still get stuck and look creepy. They still get stuck? They still get stuck. The two at the end, the, the Ariel and the Prince Eric at the end are, are kind of weird, yes, because they usually get stuck. Eric looks like he's on Quaaludes half the time, or his eyes are half shut like he's drunk. <laughs> But yeah. the, you know, but the one of her dancing during that scene is pretty good. The Ursula one is pretty badass. Yeah, yeah the no, Ursula one is pretty pretty cool. Oh, but yeah. I, but I do agree that the ones at the end are pretty, and and they're kind of weird on the boat too, where they're supposed to be kissing. But I don't know. But the yeah. visual, I mean, it, I, I get it. What, what, from what you're saying, from that standpoint, I think. 
probably from that uh, aspect, people were expecting better quality, I guess. But I so. mean, because it was a part of it had a lot to live up to being in part of the new fantasy land expansion. Right. I just yeah, it just didn't live up to everything else that came. Right. No, oh, I got you. I got you. So. I don't know if, if if anybody has any any other ones they want to mention, feel free. I have I have one or two more I I can just chat about for a second. But I don't know, Melanie. You said you had something else or another one or two written down. I'm good. We can save those for other ones. <laughs> okay. Well, I think I'm going to end on Mary Poppins. Well, I'm going to name one more because <laughs> it makes me feel good too, and it's my second favorite female character. And that would be Rapunzel and the I Had a Dream sequence. Oh, it's so good. That's so good. I quote Eugene all the time. Yes. That that scene is literally perfect. I I can't think of a more... I I can't even think of a word to describe it. Because I remember when that soundtrack came out, I would have that on in my truck and singing at the top of my lungs. Yeah. Driving, driving a dump truck down the interstate, <laughs> <laughs> because that's I, I don't know the the lyrics, Brad Garrett singing as as Hookhand, and then oh, so Jeffrey Tambor as as the I don't know what his name I can't <laughs> think of his name in the movie, but the one with the goiter on his nose, and just I mean just and then when they go through the other thugs and what they like to do, <laughs> knitting, sewing, and. Matilda's cupcakes are sublime, and then the big the you know, little unicorn. Vladimir dink. collects ceramic unicorns. It's just, it's fantastic, and the innocence of Rapunzel and just free spirit, open mind, not really knowing where she is, but still comfortable in her own skin to just be out there with a bunch of thugs and just. I mean, I know it's a Disney fantasy fairy tale movie, but still. If you get, you know, if you just think about it for a second, you're like, wow. So, I don't know. That scene is just, it's just phenomenal. This is such a great song, too. Yeah. All the, I'm not even kidding. My kids are getting on my nerves. I say, <laughs> on an island that I own, tanned and, and rested in a wall. That's right. Surrounded oh, by enormous piles of money. Yes. Surrounded <laughs> I'm leave by off that enormous part. piles of money. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Fantastic. So I'll end with that one. (laughs) That's a good one. We'll we'll accept the honorable mention. Mm -hmm. All right. So I guess that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, This is, we're recording this on Monday, August 14th, I believe the date is. I am staring right at it. Yes, the 14th. So for for those of you who don't know, I, I don't know where you've been for the past four weeks but on Sunday which was yesterday uh, two attractions classic attractions at Epcot and at MGM respectively uh, had their final day of operation and those being uh, the Universe of Energy which was now called Ellen's Energy Adventure and then the Great Movie Ride over at the studios had their final days of operations both to be upgraded to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy over in Epcot and then a Mickey themed attraction over at the studios uh i'd have to say in following along with social media as much as i did over the weekend which was not much uh i had some close friends who were down there uh over the weekend uh who who scraped and begged barred and steal to get uh plane tickets and 
and such to get down there because uh, two of them were former cast members and did work at the studios and in Epcot. Not on those specific attractions, but did work at those parks. So I know it was very meaningful for them to, to catch those. And uh, while I've regaled about my tales of wanting nostalgia and old Disney World back, I do understand the meanings behind it. And while I will miss both of these attractions, uh, probably Movie Ride more than Energy only because Movie Ride was always a must-do. You know, my, my family enjoyed it. My wife really likes that attraction. My kids liked it. Uh, you know, it was on a slow decline, definitely. Uh, energy, you take it for what it's worth. I mean, either you liked it or you didn't. You know, the the Ellen stuff was funny. I liked the pre-show, you know, the little part in the movie. I, I could have cared less that she was actually in the attraction with the dinosaurs. That part was kind of stupid, but... Her little shtick was was funny with Jeopardy and Jamie Lee Curtis and and with Bill Nye the the exchanges and the little one-liners that came about and you know flying in a helicopter and having a a uh, hair dryer out of nowhere after she got rained on for two seconds so you know <laughs> I, I miss it because it was like I've preached a million times on here before it was an opening day attraction I remember doing it uh, going on it many times as a kid and and being fascinated by it even though. I was in the minority because it was basically a history lesson about fossil fuels, but I found it really cool and I liked it. So I, I will miss them both and uh, I am excited to see what's coming for both. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't know if anybody else had any. I know Milford, you were and Adrian started going to the parks a little later on, but I know Melanie, you were, you kind of started going around the same time I did. So I don't know if you had anything or if you're just like, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, a new pavilion whether you know however they take the guardians of the galaxy into that pavilion I'm, I'm excited about that i think that's something fresh and future world is in dire need of something fresh agreed so and in light and with some levity and i think that's a that will be I, i'm on board with that going there um i'm not as on board with what they're doing with the great movie ride i think they Me could neither. have just done i think they could have basically taken out everything that was there chosen different movies because there's no shortage of fantastic movies that they could have picked from mm -hmm. and, and revamped it made it more relevant for families today maybe have included some of their own ips even though that's not you know the purpose of the ride but you know they have to include their own stuff so a little bit more you know of a, something that people today could relate to Versus what we related to 20 some odd years ago. And oh wow, did that really open 20 some odd years? How long? Ni what year did MGM? May 1st, MGM. 1989. 1989. Yep. 28 years. Gosh, I am old. Yeah, because it's okay. funny when you're riding the ride and there's people in the car, in the seat behind you going, What's Casablanca? Oh, no, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, the whole Busby Berkeley thing. It's just, especially when they changed, especially when they changed the the pre-show movies around because then they some of those movies got removed because mm -hmm. they weren't yeah. Turner properties. So then it didn't... The original pre-show, while I know it was old and it wasn't digitized and it was shot because it had been, been playing for 26 right. years, at least it showcased the movies that were in the ride. So people who didn't know all those... Because I didn't know anything about Busby Murph Berkeley movies and Casablanca when I was a kid. I didn't right. see those movies, but it, it let me know what was going on and what I was going to at least gave you a, a little bit of a precursor to what you were going to see. So, uh -huh. you know, yeah, for the life of me, nobody they're never going to be able to explain why, A, why they're shutting it down to put in a Mickey Mouse attraction, which I understand. 
I have no problem with a Mickey Mouse attraction, but I, I don't know right. what this is going to be. But for the life of me, why are they choosing now to do it when you have 85% of the park under some sort of construction? Yeah. And I know we've touched on this and it's been mm -hmm. like beating a dead horse, but if they really were set yeah. on doing it, wait until at least next year when at least Toy Story Land comes online and to shut another major thing down. Maybe this is going to be a quick turnaround. I don't know. The other thing that I thought was... Uh, if they're bringing in pre-built pieces into the existing, right? Then it who knows? Shouldn't take terribly long, but who if knows? they're using the same ride system, then yeah, it shouldn't take too long to just change out set design. Who knows? I mean, Disney doesn't dismantle anything they don't need to dismantle. So if if this is right. maybe a screen-based thing and not an actually moving animatronic thing, it's not that hard to throw up movie scrims and projector sheets over all that scenery and just project whatever the hell they're going to project on there which would be yeah. which would be absolutely disgraceful if you ask me <laughs> that sounds awful i just think it's funny and i saw uh somebody had put it on twitter yesterday or this morning that both attractions that closed were both the same types of ride vehicles uh slow moving theater car trackless systems so i wherever that's worth probably nothing but it's just kind of funny that and odd they move a lot of people they move once, a lot of people so. they move a lot of people they were slow you could get into it mm -hmm. you can relax there was a lot of story that they can tell on those things so i don't know i just hope absolutely both, i just hope both retain that element i just so, think it's a missed opportunity to revamp the ride and to showcase other movies or other oh, absolutely Absolutely. You know, something something else that, you know, so, yeah, the kids don't know what Casablanca is. But you know what? There, there are plenty of other movies. I'm not even sure what studio, like, a castaway is. You know, they have Wilson and I Have Made Fire. I mean, there's plenty of movies from the last 20 years that they could inject could it, into that that would it, be. It could have done heavy stuff and, and not changed around too much of the scenery, at least for, say, like, the back include, half. They could have done National Treasure and and used uh, oh, a lot yeah. of the Indiana Jones scenery for some of the that, stuff. That's a relevant movie. I mean, it's it's older now, but it's relevant to kids. But my kids know it. Yeah, well, exactly. My and those were good movies. So, and there's Into the Woods, you know, great scenes in Into the Woods. Right. You know, whether or not you loved the adaptation, there's still great music sure. in it. And, you know, things like that that, you know, I, I think... Disney missed an opportunity to I believe so too. Kind of get get people excited about their own movies. Yep. Because this is a movie studio park. Well, it it well that's what I was just going to say. I it it's not anymore, but for for what that They're going to have to rename it. Well, I they, I'm sure they're going to. It's going to be called uh, they did already. It's called uh, Galaxy's it, Edge. Dude. <laughs> it's <laughs> we already made Milford snore. <laughs> no, it's going to be called. That was me it, snorting, but it's, not snoring. It's going to be oh. called uh, Star Wars: A Galaxy Edge, featuring Toy Story Land and <laughs> and Rock and Roller me. Coaster. That's going to be Gosh. what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we've gone off on enough tangents on on these over the past couple of weeks, but I so. know it. But well, it's changed, worth saying again. And then yep. they changed Mission Space too, which I and I heard it was terrible. 
And that's what I hear. It's terrible. I heard it was terrible. I heard the video. Gary Sinise is no longer there. It's some other uh, girl, some girl it's from some Netflix series. Or Firefly. Or... Hello. I don't know what Firefly is. <gasps> what the hell is Firefly? Gary Sinise, Apollo 13. Come on. Why not? That's to I'm have sorry. Lieutenant she... Dan. No. I, don't I am know. totally cool with the change. I love her more than anything. Okay. That's a little bit strong. But the pre-show aside, I heard the 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 attraction is horrible. I heard the movie or whatever the sequence, whatever you do, is they just changes the whole scenario. Is awful. I and the green awful. is like dumbed down way too far. I guess you know, so. Like, yeah, I that's don't what know. Because apparently now Zachary's tall enough to ride it. He wasn't before, so I don't know what they do with green. But yeah, my kids. Yeah, they lowered it. My from 44 to 40 inches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was 48 down to 44. No, 44 to 40. For green, oh, okay. it's still 44 total for orange. Well, orange I'll never do again. I did it once when it opened and that was it. Bull. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my son went on the, the green one last time we were all there and he, he, he liked it, I think. But well, green was fun because it was the same story. You just didn't get all the G's. You just didn't spin. Yeah. So I didn't mind it. I wouldn't burn a fast pass on it, but if the line was short and I was over there, I would go on it. But now I don't right. know if I've got no reason to go on that side of the property. <laughs> so, except Tesla. Wow, you don't like Tron Track? Mm, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Did did you, no. did you hear me and Jerry go on about that for two hours? Yes, I did. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that thing, again, I, I won't burn a fast pass on it. I mean, the kids no, like it. No, I won't either. The kids like it. My wife likes it. So, they, I mean, they can go on it. Fine. I don't, you know, I'll stay outside with the baby. It's fun. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't, you know. I like the part at the end when you go 65 miles an hour. <laughs> so, I missed the stupid, yep. I missed the stupid campy story. What can I say? But anyway, before we go on again and on this, uh, <laughs> how do we do this all the time? I don't know. We love our parks. It's true. So <laughs> it's who we are. <laughs> so with that being said, we are going to wrap this episode up, and we thank you for listening. For those of you following along, uh, next week Rick will be back with us, and we will. Oh yay! finally be continuing our little touring s series that we talked about m forever ago uh and this time we're gonna go to disneyland park and uh rick and rick and jessica are gonna kind of lead us through that and kind of their little touring plan for for a day at disneyland park and those of the rest of us who have been there before uh, hopefully crystal can join us uh and melanie i know you've been there and milford went for the first time uh this past march uh so it's just adrian and i who have got to get ourselves out there uh, mm -hmm. So I'm just I'm just very interested to to hear this just because uh, I know we're very Disney World heavy. Uh, so anytime we can get some Disneyland uh, information in there and West Coast stuff, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. And then uh, and the fact that Rick uh, we didn't scare him off after the last time uh, is even better. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're definitely looking definitely looking forward to that. Um, so with that said, we thank you, and we'll talk to everybody next week. If you're going to be in the Indianapolis area on August 26th, uh, we're having our 10th anniversary indie Disney meet, and it's going to be a blast. We've doubled the space this year. Uh, it's held at the fairgrounds right here in Hamilton County in Noblesville, Indiana, which is on the northeast side of Indy. 
And we got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of people coming this year. Uh, Yeehaw Bob, which I don't know how many of you are familiar with him, but he does performances at Port Orleans Resort at the River Roost Lounge. We've got Herbie the Love Bug coming. Of course, you know, our, our favorite people, the the princesses from Frozen, the uh, 501st Legion, which is a fan group that does Empire and Rebel costuming from Star Wars will actually be here, and there's some of that in the video that I posted. It's a carry-in. Uh, everybody brings food, and holy cow, we end up with a ton of it. Everything from savory to sweet. Uh, they usually have a machine set up uh, doing Dole Whips. Uh, we have drawings and things like that, but all the money that we raise goes to uh, give kids the world, which is the the little community in Florida where basically Make a Wish takes their kids for kids that are you know have come down with cancer, and it's their Make a Wish to go to Disney World. So, so all the money we raise for that goes towards that charity, and we're also going to be doing a group podcast from there. There'll be several of us there. I know uh, Mike Relman from Be Our Guest Podcast is going to be there. He started coming last year. It'll be a really good time. So if you're in the area, and I'll, I'll be talking about it the next few podcasts up probably even until that weekend. So they have a kid's room with kids' activities, and they always have character meet and greets in there, face painting. They'll have a DJ. At some point, they show a couple movies for the kids, and uh, it's a good time. So come on out. We thank you all for listening. We encourage you to go and follow us over on our website at thedizexplorers.com where you can find links to all our social media accounts for both the podcast and our individual troopers. And also, download. please download our podcast either using right from our website or also you can find us on Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and also on YouTube for audio only. On behalf of the Disney MGM Studios, I'd like to thank you for joining us on the Great Movie Ride. Before we wrap this production, we have one more scene to do. It's called The Exit. Now, the action begins with your remaining seated until we come to a complete stop. Then, gather your belongings and take small children by the hand. When these doors open, rise dramatically to your feet and make a grand exit directly to the rear of the vehicle. Oh, and one more thing. When I yell action, don't forget that thunder's applause for yours truly. Okay, places everyone, and action! Thank you, thank you. What a wonderful day here at the Museum Studios, and I'll see you in the movies and stuff here in Germany. Goodbye, everyone.